What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Matt is coming on in just a minute to talk week 15 of the NFL season, a week that unfortunately saw my team do one of the dumbest things that we have ever seen on a football field with Jacoby Myers lateral. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about a couple other games, some Monday night football, some Sunday night football, and where we're at on the playoff race for this week. But if you haven't had a chance yet, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fouled out to check out all of our extra content. It is just $3 a month and you get access to four additional podcasts. It's not even $1 per podcast. I dropped one uh, this week about my hottest takes in sports. So my three hottest takes all on one podcast and I backed them up and we talked through them. So go check that out. Patreon.com slash fouled out and Matt is coming right up. Let's go. All right. Matt is here and I must say, I'm not surprised by the virtual background this week, but it still hurt my feelings. Well, I was just kind of trying to match your tone. Yeah. Disappointing week of football. (laughs) Uh, For me personally, Matt's background is Mac Jones sitting on the ground (laughs) contemplating his life as he should be doing. I did want to tell you, yesterday night around 630, our friend, uh, friend of the program, Brandon from Certified Beef, messaged me on Instagram and said, and I quote, I hope Matt's background when you guys record this week is Chandler Jones stiff-arming Mac. <laughs> and I, I wrote him back. And it, I said, I, I guarantee you it's going to be something close. Yeah, I was uh, I was about 30 seconds away from using a gif of that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's one of those plays that's so bad that it's going to get its own name like the butt fumble or like, you know, something along those lines. I've seen a, I've seen a couple good ones. The one I saw on Reddit that I really liked was lateral damage. So I saw like that, the, that's, that's actually really fucking good. I know. I was like, that's probably the best one. So I think lateral damage is probably going to be the play name yeah. where we'll talk about the Pats a little bit more later in a segment. I like to call who had the worst weekend, but Let's start off with Monday Night Football. Uh, last night, the Packers beat the Rams 24-12 to in a game that I'm pretty sure that when the NFL put their schedule together, they told everybody, like, oh, great. Clear the decks. Monday Night Football on ABC. Packers-Rams late in the season. It's going to be a banger. Like, this is one they were really excited about. And, oof, man, I don't think they expected washed-up Aaron Rodgers versus Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Not just Baker Mayfield, but more washed up Baker Mayfield than they expected to have at the beginning of the season. And no Cooper Cup. Yep. No Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Who was their starting running back at the beginning of the year? I guess Daryl Henderson's out. Yeah. I think they started Acres, but then we're just like, eh, we're also going to give all the carries to Daryl Henderson for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so no Daryl Henderson. I was shocked that Jalen Ramsey was out there, actually. Yeah. I think, like, what point do some of these guys just pack it in for the season? Your your number one receiver is Ben Skloronic right now. Yeah. And they were 
highlighting a guy last night where they're like, well, the Rams lost Von Miller in the offseason, so they got this guy, whatever his first name is, Hoyt from Brown University. And then the other announcer chimes in and he's like, he was a calculus tutor at Brown and blah, blah. I was like, okay, when we're pulling calculus tutors from Brown to play outside linebacker for our NFL teams, I think we're in trouble. Yeah, I I think I think you could say that. Uh, also, I think you could have just said that when you said that Ben Skowernick was your wide receiver one. Have you ever seen the Saturday Night Live skit where Chance the Rapper is doing the rinkside hockey reporting? Oh, God. He one of the players comes off the ice and it's like a foreign name. It's like a European name, and he looks at the yeah. back of the jersey and goes, "There's five letters in there and no vowels, so that's a nope." <laughs> that's how I feel when I look at Sklerotic's name. I just like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's a no for me. That's going to be a no for me, dog. We'll call him Ben. I don't feel too bad about butchering people's last names because 95% of people butcher my last name. So suck it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like you get like Hignesian a lot. Yeah. Or Hoogsian. I, my last name is relatively simple. <laughs> And I get flower all the time. <laughs> and now that my wife changed her last name, it's Mrs. Flower all the time, all the time. And I shouldn't say it on the podcast because now people are going to start like tweeting me and being like flowered out sports. Here we go. So it's not just the complicated names. It's the easy ones, too. Like, I feel like Fowler is not that hard to say. No, but also mine really shouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> I have no problem with it's, yours. It's like phonetically with the English language, it makes so much sense. And people are just like, Duh, there's more than four letters. I don't know what to do. I When people go, I've, I've been with you before when someone's like, Matt Hignusian. I'm like, there's not even an N in the name. There's no N. So anyway, the Packers are six and eight now. We were texting about this earlier in the week about how it's it's a really uncomfortable position for me to be in where uh I needed the Packers to win because now that Rams pick is number three. Actually, I think it was like kind of a good thing to root for the Packers to win this week, though, because like I said, they're six and eight. Mm-hmm. They're one point five games back of the playoffs with three to go. So they're like tangentially still involved. I don't like yeah. their odds. But think no, about, they like, need they need a lot to go their way. But what you probably want as a fan who hates the Packers is for them to go like eight and nine. Yeah. Make their pick worse and also make the Rams pick that you guys are going to get this year better. Yeah. It was like a double whammy is good thing. Yeah. No, I mean, I was all for the Rams losing. That's where I've been all season. But. Uh, it still felt gross. <laughs> It is tough. It's like, God, maybe I'll just sacrifice and, you know, screw these guys. I was looking at the Packers like as a whole and kind of like looking where they're at near the end of the season here and the fact that they're six and eight. And I'm just like, God, I, I really think they screwed themselves this past offseason by not committing to a direction. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you either should have committed to the rebuild and traded Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers or like let Rodgers retire and commit to like okay, yeah, we're going to see what Jordan Love's got over the course of a season. Probably have a high pick and then start looking at like other options at quarterback. 
or you just go, okay, like we're going to try to compete. We're going to have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. We're going to run this back. Maybe you spend some picks like on the defense or you try to add some other guys some way. But they just, they took this like very, very middle ground where they're like, we're going to trade Devontae Adams for picks and then also sign Rodgers to this massive quarterback deal and have him throw to rookies and Alan Lazard all season. I have never understood Brian Gutenkunst, if I'm saying that correctly, I don't give a shit. It's another uh, name we're never going to get right on this podcast. Nope. Uh, <laughs> we'll call him Gesundheit. I've never understand understood his uh, roster building strategy. It just... He has amassed a certain amount of talent on the defensive side of the ball. I will give him that. However... They then went out and made Joe Barry their defensive coordinator, who, like, as soon as I saw that hire, I knew that he was just going to absolutely hamstring every single one of their corners. Like, (laughs) especially Jair Alexander. I think he's overrated, but in such a zone-heavy scheme, you are absolutely hamstringing a man corner. Yeah, I, d- I don't hate like the roster they've built because I think they do have talent on defense and also like offensively having AJ Dillon, Romeo Dobbs and mm-hmm. uh, Christian Watson. I don't hate that. I, I like that. Yeah. I wish that my team had those three guys going forward. Right. The problem is like the big decisions. Like the big decision to trade Devonte Adams for picks, but then also resign Aaron Rodgers. They signed Aaron Jones mm-hmm. to a huge running back deal, which is always, always, always a mistake. Yep. The draft picks have been head scratchers for a couple of years now. And like they hit on a wide receiver with Christian Watson. You know, yeah. he looks like he looks good. He's getting better. I like yeah, Do- I like Dobbs. Like, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, as, as long as Watson can continue to remember how to catch the ball, like <laughs> that's huge. Uh, yeah. But like for years, though, it was like, here's a backup quarterback and here's a center in the first round. And here's like more, more picks on defense, more picks on defense. You you couldn't have used like one of those picks to get a wide receiver earlier. It's just, I mean, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is like that great of a quarterback anymore. Obviously Mm -hmm. we talked about how he's kind of fallen off and how he really doesn't like make receivers like people used to think that he did. Nope. But like, it is a lot to ask of him to have two rookie receivers, Alan Lazard and 50 year old Randall Cobb out there to throw to. So you got to try to make his life easier, not harder. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, you can't take a center in the first round because I am still quite happy (laughs) about having Frank Ragnow. Right. But if you are going to take a center in the first round, you had better be damn sure that it is someone who is special in what they're capable of doing, not just in, you know, pass protection, but in your run scheme. And that's a very, very small list of guys. Ragnow, Lindsley, Kelsey, there's you know a couple of other like really great guys out there, but like other than that, like 
you can get comparable guys in rounds like three and four at that position. I do think the one good thing that Matt Patricia did for the Lions <laughs> is that he came over and he was like, hey, Bill Belichick really likes Frank Ragnow in the first round. You guys should take him or else Bill will. <laughs> And that's literally yeah. it. That's the entire list. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Bob Quinn was atrocious at drafting like every position that was not offensive line. It's really good at offensive line. Terrible at every other position. That's true. Uh, and then like just on the Devonte Adams piece before we go on to the Rams, I've been saying all season that that trade was a lose lose. And I, I still haven't changed my mind. I'm just yeah. like for the Packers, it's not the trade. Like the trade itself is not that bad. You got some picks back. You're going to, yeah. you know, whatever, but just the not committing to going one direction or another is what bugs me. Yeah. And now you're like this middle of the road team. That's probably not going to make the playoffs, but also not have a very good pick. And like, to me, that's the worst place to be in all of sports is like, we're not good enough to be good, but we're not bad enough to get good. So now we're just stuck. And then the Raiders yeah. like continue to misuse Devontae Adams. Right. This time costing me a fantasy playoff game, but they just continue to misuse him all the time. It's like every other week he's getting like five targets or something. And it's like, I, I wouldn't have given up all those picks to get Devontae Adams just to go six and eight this season. Right. And now we're both in the same place. As a GM, like you should immediately be put on the hot seat. If you made that kind of a trade and it is not like an express agreement <laughs> with your head coach that that player is getting no less than 10 touches every game. Yeah, this, this is usually the part of the podcast where I would talk shit about Josh McDaniels. Uh, cause I always had issues with his coaching when he was in new England and his play selection. But I, after what I've watched so far this season, I fucking miss Josh McDaniels. <laughs> I miss, I miss the third and 10 draws. Bring them back. Bring back Josh McDaniels. I can't take this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. On the other side of the ball though, the Rams just ramming it up. You know, we talked about this recently with, they're just paying the bill for the super bowl. I mean, that's, I think that they should like go to the Packers, though, and be like, hey, man, this is how you do a win-win trade. You <laughs> give away picks to the Lions, who are rebuilding, in order to get a quarterback who leads you to the Super Bowl. That's still going to go down as a huge win-win, because the Lions are going to get a top-five pick, plus a first-round pick next year. Yeah. Rams got their Super Bowl that they were so desperate for. With that pick that you guys have, do you want a quarterback in this draft? So, I was briefly warming up to the idea of just going best player available. But the more I think about it, I don't know that you can trust that Jared Goff's variability in his performances against good teams or even on the road is going to improve. And if you want to be an actual contender that cannot be the long-term solution. This season has proven <laughs> that uh, you cannot expect 
to be in this position again unless you are trading off a real big piece or trading off a bunch of future picks. Like, this is their shot to get one. I hope that Brad Holmes is savvy enough to recognize that. That doesn't mean that Jared Goff has to be gone this upcoming season. If you believe in a guy, but you don't think that he's going to be better than Jared Goff next year, then there's nothing wrong with him having a year to get up to speed. And on top of that, it's probably going to be a better backup quarterback than anyone else you're going to bring in. Well, it's probably one of those situations, too, where you switch over to him later in the season. At this point, if it's like a top five pick at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously we have a long time until the draft. Mm -hmm. Right now, the Lions would have the fourth pick. And Tankathon has you guys taking Jalen Carter at four because they have Bryce Young and CJ Stroud going in the top three. So it says Houston, Houston, the Bears, and then the Denver pick. Yeah, so some of some of that order is going to be, I mean, obviously, like, there's those teams, they're going to have win games, lose games, all that. So, like, that's going to change around. But also, uh, the strength of schedule <laughs> tiebreaker is still very much up in the air because a lot of those teams are relatively close uh, with regards to that. So there's quite a bit of variability for all those teams. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. There's a lot up in the air. I won't make you tell us what quarterback you want at this point, because there's so much evaluation to be done. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you personally right now. And I know that he won't go this high, but right now uh, I do like me some Duggan. I think Duggan is going to be like a, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see how the playoffs go. I don't I see him like being he's, a very high pick. I think he's going to be probably a late riser, but he's not going to be like, you know, top five pick. So, no, I, God, I'm just, I'm scrolling through Tankathon's mock draft. I like this draft so far. There's a lot of talent. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun when we get there. Um, anyway, on to Sunday night football, the Giants beat the Washington fighting Georges 20 to 12. Uh, congratulations to the New York giants. I said, I didn't think they'd win a game the rest of the season. They did win one. Fortunately for them, my takeaway from this game, I watched the whole thing, unfortunately, because I have Graham Gano on my fantasy team. And my takeaway is that I don't think that there are seven playoff teams in the NFC. Like I know we're going to have, seven playoff teams in the NFC, but there is not seven playoff caliber teams in that conference. I have four and a half playoff teams. You got the Eagles, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Lions, and half of the Minnesota Vikings. Preferably the second half from what we saw this weekend. I would have accepted just Justin Jefferson. Like yeah, that's, and- <laughs> that's the half of a playoff team. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah, I mean, for Minnesota, like, I obviously, we I feel like I say this every week at this point. We're just like a broken record. And maybe it's because the certified beef guys made fun of me and my Patriots on their podcast. But I, Minnie is such a fraud. Yeah. And 
it's so it's so hard this week because like yes they came back they had the biggest comeback in the history of the nfl down 33 points at halftime against the colts but also you were down 33 points at halftime against the indianapolis colts and jeff saturday my thing about that comeback is like watching the colts play in that second half was so pathetic like it just that was some of the just weakest softest football i've watched a team play in a very long time i probably should have tried to look it up but i can't imagine that they got more than like four or five first downs in the second half they had to have had like seven or eight possessions <laughs> it was brutal i feel like jeff saturday is secretly like a genius coach and that he was like we have this awesome game plan to destroy minneapolis and then at halftime ursa called him and was like what the fuck are you doing we need to be tanking to get a better pick and he was just like oh okay and like they forced his hand and they're like <laughs> he came back and he's like okay guys just you know do basically like what you do in Madden to cheat where you're like, you control the other defense and make them run field goal block. And then you just throw it <laughs> and it's a touchdown every time. He's like, just do that. It's fine. Or, or that second half is precisely why you actually hire someone who has some experience as a coach. So like coach, you're up 33, nothing yeah. at halftime. What adjustments yeah. are you going to make? And he's like, adjustments. What? I didn't know I had to change stuff during halftime. Yeah. If if I am Ursay, I do not care if Jeff Saturday wins every game the rest of this year. Jeff Saturday is fired. <laughs> because the fact that you had a 33-point lead and hey, you went to halftime, made zero adjustments. Which, okay, fine, you were up 33-0. Everything's working, so I get why you... <laughs> wouldn't make a ton of adjustments but uh then you start getting your ass kicked in the second half and you don't have enough input with your team to get them to be like oh shit we should probably like dig in our heels a little bit and slow this down and they just get gutted like a stuffed pig or pig if you, yeah, he puts the interim and in, interim coach like he he's going to be out if he if they if they like hire him to be the coach, that will give me endless joy because I hate the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're the whiniest bitch of a franchise that we have. But whatever, <laughs> I don't really care whether you Jeff Saturday, the right move is to bring in a real coach. If you were Matt Ryan, would you just quit right now? This would just be it for you for Matt Ryan, like Jonathan Taylor's out for the rest of the season now. If you're Matt Ryan, you not only were the quarterback of the team to blow the largest Super Bowl lead ever, you're also now the biggest, you had the biggest regular season blown lead ever in the history of the NFL, 33 points. If we're really being honest, Matt Ryan quit at 28 to three. Yeah, I I saw people He's... being like, God, this is the worst come, like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to like, from a comeback perspective. And I'm like, 28 to three is infinitely worse than 33 to nothing. 
infinitely. I know that the number is smaller. I can do math. Yeah. The fact that you were up 28 to three in a Super Bowl. Yeah. And you lost. Will never be topped. Ever. Yeah. Ever. That's the worst thing that's ever happened in football to anyone. Yeah, I mean, actually, like a dude got paralyzed one time. But besides that, (laughs) pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, the Colts season was over heading into this game. Like this game has no real significance. It's not comparable. Still terrible, but it's not comparable. It's not the the Super Bowl will never be top. But have you paid attention to like how weird the playoff race is getting at this point in the season? I mean, it's it's definitely weird. Like there's a disturbing amount of teams that are still somehow not eliminated. So the Buccaneers are now six and eight after losing to Cincinnati on Sunday. Yeah, they're one game ahead of the Saints, Falcons and Panthers. <laughs> And I was like looking back at our bold predictions recently from the beginning of the season. And one of Matt's bold predictions was that the Saints would win the NFC South. And I just wanted to mention that if you hit that, that it is like the ultimate results over process (laughs) pick that we've had in the history of this podcast. It's honestly the only thing I want right now. They're going to win the division at like seven and 10. And I'm going to have to give Matt the green check mark <laughs> next to his full prediction. I'm like, this is the dumbest victory we've ever had. But yeah, so that, that's weird. And we're going to like. We're in the playoffs. We're going to have some combination of like the Giants, Washington, Seattle, the winner of the NFC South. Do you think there's a chance that any one of those teams wins a playoff game at this point? No. <laughs> I guess if you had to bet on one of those teams, so you can have the Giants, the Fighting Georges, the Sea Chickens, all four NFC South teams, who would you bet would win a playoff game if you had to pick one team? Yes. <laughs> um, if I had to, I guess I would still go with the fighting Georges because I at least like Heineke has his weird magic that he breaks out every now and again. But I mean, other than that, it's all pretty bad. It's kind of crazy. I'm just going to tell you though, that like we're going to get to wild card weekend and you're going to have some combination of like the, you're going to have like the Panthers, the Giants. Yeah. I guess maybe, you know, I think I still think the Lions are going to make it. So you're going to have like the Panthers yeah. and the Giants are both going to be in there. And like everybody's going to pick against both those teams. Every like 90% of the money is going to be against those guys. Everything's going to be bad. One of those teams will fuck everyone. Yeah. Like the Giants will beat the 49ers in the first round of the playoffs or something completely stupid will happen. And everyone will lose because like, that team will be in every teaser. It'll be in every parlay. It'll be all over the place and it'll screw everyone. If one of those teams ends up playing the Vikings. Then we're going to have like a really difficult time picking that game. Like Vikings versus fighting Georges in Minnesota <laughs> in the playoffs. 
who are you picking? Who are you riding with for the because like we were we were six and zero last year in the first we round were. of the playoffs, and I we're gonna do really good again this year. But I'm gonna tell you that that's gonna be the hardest game that we're gonna have to pick is like Vikings fighting Georges or like Vikings Giants. Yeah, I'm assuming the Vikings are probably gonna end up with the two seed regardless, and it's most likely that the Lions will end up with the seven seed if they make it. I mean, it, honestly, you know, anything's possible, right? They could leapfrog someone for some crazy reason, but they're not likely to get a higher seed than seven. Yeah, that, that... I I know what, what I'm picking in that scenario. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, Matt's going to pick the Vikings over the Lions, right? The pain is real. That one's like, that one's easy money. I mean, I feel like in that scenario, it's just, it's like too easy, though. It's like, okay, you have, like, let's say hypothetically, you have Vikings, Lions, 49ers, Giants, and Buccaneers, Cowboys. Maybe the pick is to take the Buccaneers over the Cowboys. Because I feel like it's just, it looks too obvious. Right. In that scenario where it's just like, okay, like Lions, 49ers, Cowboys, like too easy. And then we'll go on to the second round. And it always something weird always happens. Yeah. Always something weird. Yeah. Speaking of weird things, before we go on to the next segment, I also just wanted to mention that the Jacksonville Jaguars are now one game back of the Titans for the AFC South as well. Yeah. And they play each other the last week of the season. So <laughs> it's getting weird in here, people. The back half of the year, Trevor Lawrence has played significantly better football than he has at any other point in his career so far. It's almost like he's developing in his second year. Almost. Can I just say, though, that I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed that the AFC playoffs stay the way they are. Because right now, the slate is absolutely lit. The 2-7 is Chiefs-Dolphins. Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas City after the trade. Yeah. 3-6 is Bengals Chargers, Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert. And 4-5 is Titans Ravens. And like, while that doesn't sound super exciting, the Titans were the team that went and knocked off the Ravens when they were the one seed. Lamar Jackson's MVP season. So, like, that's like a lit schedule. I'm super into that for the AFC. Yeah. Mike Vrabel's teams never go down easy in the playoffs. And... They were the one seed a year ago. And Derrick Henry is healthy. Yeah, I just feel like I'm looking at the playoffs right now. And then in like the NFC, you know, we just talked about the potential matchups too. Can, is it possible that the AFC games are just going to be all the primetime games and NFC is just <laughs> on during that? Like they put them on all the early games. They're like, eh, get this shit out of here. That would be the best thing for her cousins. So 1 p.m. Assassin. Uh, one more thing before we go on to random thoughts, we're going to play a game called who had the worst weekend. Why don't you tell me what one of these three teams had the worst weekend? The Colts who were up 33 to nothing at halftime. The Cowboys who were up 27 to 10 in Jacksonville in the third quarter and then blew it with a pick six in overtime. Or the hometown New England Patriots who ran the single dumbest play that I've ever seen out of almost any team ever who had the worst weekend 
feel like it has to be the Colts. It has to be. Like, it's not just that they, uh, you know, blew a NFL record 33-point lead. But you put that in the scope of where this franchise has been and where they were supposed to be this year. You know, perpetually a quarterback away. They get a slightly more competent quarterback this year than they've had in seasons past. And the rest of their team is just not there all season long. It's it's a mess. It looks like they finally put it together for a game uh, against a team with a pretty damn good record. And uh, they proved to be as effective as wet toilet paper in the second half. So I went to get my hair cut on Saturday. That is an interesting transition from that. It's a good, se- good segue. Uh, actually, I got all of my hairs cut. Thank you very much. But so I go to the barber shop and I'm like about to walk in and I look at my phone and it's like Colts 33 Vikings nothing. <laughs> and I go in and I'm talking to my barber <laughs> who's a fan of the podcast. Shout out to Anthony. And he's like, oh, yeah, one of the other guys who cuts hair here bet on the Vikings today. And he's like, this is a pretty stupid pick, huh, Brian? And the other guy's like, yeah, man, I should never bet on Kirk Cousins. I kind of wish that my haircut would have taken long enough for me to see the Vikings come back and for that guy to cash his bet because I bet he was cheering his ass off. It was probably awesome. So my pick for who had the worst weekend is, and I'm probably biased, but. Oh, you don't say. I picked the New England Patriots. And you made some good points about the Colts, but also like the context is important here where the Colts were way out of the playoff picture anyways and probably should be losing games. So their whole fan base was probably rooting against them because they're like, damn, we need a real quarterback for next season. The Patriots, like not only was the lateral or the lateral damage, if that's what we're going to call it, the single dumbest thing that any team coached by Bill Belichick has ever done. But also, they were in the playoffs. They were in the seventh seed. They had the seventh seed. And now they've pretty much eliminated themselves because the rest of their schedule is absolutely brutal. Has it been confirmed that that was like a called play? <laughs> no, the, well, the call was just to do a draw. And like, you know, if you score, that's awesome. Yeah. But if not, just go down and we'll go to overtime. And they just... Ramondre laterals at first to Jacoby, who's right there. And then I, I don't know what happened there. I think just like it got in Jacoby's head after Ramondre lateraled it to him. And he was like, well, we're just going to do the lateral thing to try to win this game, which I it's just none of it makes any sense at all. Like the God lateraling so- it in that situation is just absolutely ridiculous and then any time that you're doing the lateral play to throw it like 40 yards backwards (laughs) what even if he completed the pass to mac jones what the fuck was mac jones gonna do with that football he's mac jones isn't out running anyone (laughs) mac jones is going absolutely nowhere even if he catches it and i just i know jacoby Myers was a quarterback at one point i just I don't know what he did, man. I had no idea what was going through that guy's head. When he threw it, 
I just, <laughs> I stopped breathing on Sunday. I was just like, <laughs> I, I think the most ironic part about all of this too, is that, uh, and I'd have to like rewatch the clip, but I feel like Ramondre broke that run off and was like, Near enough to the sideline that he could have got out of bounds with like a couple seconds left. And I feel like they would have been at least in range for a long field goal. And they just decided to yeet that shit. The lack of situational awareness and discipline from the football team this year is absolutely the most concerning thing to me. As far as our coaching staff and our organization is concerned, they're like way, way higher in penalties than they've been in 20 seasons. I think they're like, they're in the mid to high 20th in penalties taken this year. And they're usually like in the top five for least penalties. Right. So there's no discipline. There's a play like this cannot happen. It can't happen ever. I don't care who your coach is. But for like a Bill Belichick coach team to be doing this, it I mean, I I do think it's like serious evaluation time for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I'm not advocating firing him like some people are. But I do think like if I was Robert Kraft, if I was the owner of the Patriots, I would sit down with him and be like, listen, I need you to tell me what your plan is for this offseason. And if like step one if the very first thing out of his mouth is not, I'm going to get rid of this fucking trash ass coaching staff. Then I would say maybe it's time that we part ways. Like you and I talked through this this week. If Bill Belichick is not able to identify that having Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator is a massive, massive problem. And that he needs to bring in someone who can actually do the job then that's when I would seriously question his judgment. I don't disagree with that. With regards to the segment, though, I would argue that uh, winning that game almost would have been more harmful in this regard because whether or not you win the game, that doesn't make your coaching staff better than it is in that situation. Like, it it was a bad play. It was obviously poorly coached situational awareness i i think that anyone with any level of awareness didn't really think that the patriots were going to win a game in the playoffs even if they made the playoffs no they wouldn't i'm glad that we're now saved the embarrassment of getting absolutely dismantled by like kansas city or cincinnati in the playoffs, at least, because Cincinnati's coming to town this week and they're going to just I I don't want to I can't even talk about the things that they're going to do to us on this podcast because the FCC regulates what I'm allowed to say on a podcast. I do just want to say, though, like and I'm not talking I'm not saying that like this one play should be the reason that we have to reevaluate everything and that we blah, blah. I, I've been saying this for weeks. But the play is. This one play is just a symptom of a much larger problem for the Patriots where they're poorly coached. There's no situational awareness. They're not disciplined. 
they have none of the telltale signs of a Bill Belichick coach team. Yeah. And this is just a symptom of that. Like you don't do this. Nobody on a Bill Belichick team ever would have done this in the past, or they would not have been on the team the next day. That player would not have gotten on the plane back when Tom Brady was a quarterback for us. Like there's, there would have been no nonsense. And now there's just the whole team is just full of fucking nonsense from the coaching staff to the players to everything. I have never disliked a version of one of my teams as much as I dislike the 2022 Patriots. I fucking hate them. I like Ramondre Stevenson. I like the defense. I fucking hate everybody else. I hate Patricia. I'm out on Mac Jones as a quarterback and as a leader of this team. The constant fucking crying from him and the hissy fits he throws every time he doesn't like the play call. I I can't take it anymore. I can't do it. He is not a leader. Like, I understand why he's frustrated. I don't blame him. But the way that you act on a football field as a quarterback matters. And when the play call comes in and your first thing you do, instead of looking in the huddle and calling the play, is to start screaming at the sideline, it's time for like some serious evaluation of this guy's maturity, honestly. And like you pair that with what happened with him earlier this year, where he has the ankle injury. And the Patriots doctors are like, okay, you know, we're thinking like two to four weeks. And he goes, oh, no, I got my own opinion. I'm not playing for the next eight weeks. And the Patriots go, okay, that's fine. We'll play Bailey Zappi. And then literally as soon as Zappi starts playing well and people in New England are like, oh, maybe he should be our quarterback. Max, like, actually, I'm back. My ankle's fine. It's healed. Here I come. Mac Jones, I'm the starting quarterback for the Patriots. I, I'm out. I'm out on Mac Jones personality right now. I think he has a lot of growing up to do before he's ready to like really be the leader of a football team in the NFL. I would definitely say that having one great year at Alabama is something that can do a lot to a young guy's head. And then you follow that up by being the only rookie quarterback the following year that's worth like literally a piece of shit because all of them were worse than shit beyond Mac Jones. <laughs> you know, he's kind of not in a terribly different state mentally than Zach Wilson. I mean, at least Zach Wilson came back and played a little bit better after getting benched. Like, yeah. Although, well, man, man, that guy loves to throw jump balls. <laughs> he does. That I totally understand why Mac Jones is frustrated with the offensive play calling. I am frustrated, yeah. too. But I'm just like, as a quarterback, though, and as the leader of the team, you can't yeah. be out there throwing hissy fits and crying all the time. This is exactly what I hated about Phillip Rivers. And Phillip Rivers, phenomenal quarterback. Yeah. But when things weren't going his way, he's screaming at everybody else. Yeah. And that's Mac Jones' problem right now, too. Yeah. And that's part of the problem with the roster building right now is like, okay, who is the vet on that roster that's sitting him down and knocking some sense into him? Because realistically, that's what he needs. He ain't got that. Like, in a vacuum... Spending that pick on Bailey Zappi to have a above average backup quarterback 
not the worst thing. If you are planning on having Mac Jones be your quarterback going forward in the future, well, now you need the vet in that room to bring him back down to earth. And Bailey Zappi is not the right voice to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Three things, then we'll go on to random thoughts. One, there's just been such a huge like cultural and organizational hole since Tom Brady left. Yep. That just having that guy for 20 seasons is like, cause he's like, he's the peak. He's the like yeah. number one guy in NFL history that you want in your locker room. At least for a long time he was now. I, he's kind of gone off the deep end, but yeah. having that for so long and being able to rely on that guy, the culture was built around him. And now that he's gone, there's a huge hole there and it's a problem. Yeah. Two, I think Mac Jones can be a very good quarterback. I think he can. Mm-hmm. And I'm not out on him as a quarterback, but he needs to grow the fuck up. And he's young, and I, I understand his frustration. I get it. They And they need to surround him with more talent. They need to bring in someone who can actually call plays and coach him. And I'm sorry that they wasted a year of his life with Matt Patricia. But like before he can be a great quarterback in the NFL, he has to grow up. The final thing, I think the only other version of one of my favorite teams that I've hated this much is the beer and chicken Red Sox. Fucking the team that blew the like eight game wild card lead in September. Yep. Honestly, uh, just, just <laughs> at any version of the Red Sox that had. John you already Lackey know on. what song I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Goated fucking goaded song. The Red Sox decline song. Any any team, any Red Sox team that had John Lackey on it, I'm out. <laughs> Red Sox team, John Lackey. Bad. Lackey's bad. I hate John Lackey. It was like Lackey and Beckett and all. Oh, man. Just the, this loss just made me start reliving all of the teams I hate the most because I hate this team. This will be if I like was making a list of like the Patriots teams that I hate the most. This is number one. That's number one. They're hard to watch. They're not fun to watch. There's nothing like, at least if you're going to be bad, be entertaining and have like young guys where I'm like, oh, I'm watching these young guys develop and it's fun. It's not fun to watch this team. Like watching a better version of like the Patricia Lions teams, but without Stafford. (laughs) Yeah, it's not fun. Anyways, on to random thoughts from week 15 of the NFL season. If you would like to sponsor random thoughts, please hit us up on Twitter or you can email me as well. Random thought number one. The only time the NFL players don't care about your stupid fantasy team is when they play like absolute shit. So Miles Sanders, horrible game in what should have been a smash spot for fantasy purposes against the Chicago Bears. Cost? Many people, their first round playoff mat- playoff matchups, including one of mine, a one one lost one. Uh, the Bears were the number seven team in terms of giving up points to fantasy running backs, and he scored a whopping one point four points. And then came out and tweeted that he didn't care about any of your stupid fantasy teams and to leave him alone. And I just want to say that, like, 
no players ever put up like 25 fantasy points and then come out and be like, I don't care about your stupid fantasy teams. It's always when they play really bad because a bunch of people are talking shit to them on Twitter. If they play well, they're like, they're like, you're welcome. Soaking it all up. Like Todd Gurley, uh, I think he like put some shit out on like Twitter and Instagram that one year that he won everyone their league. They definitely sing a different tune when uh, they don't play so well. But also, <laughs> as expected, that's mostly on Nick Sirianni. Because <laughs> he only got 11 carries. I think Miles Sanders just knew before the season that Jalen Hurts was going to be scoring all of the rushing touchdowns Yeah, for them this season. Because he came out before the season. He's like, don't draft me. I don't want any of you guys to draft me this season. And like to, to be fair though, like he's been good. Yeah. This he's been really boom or bust this season. He's had a bunch of games above 25 points, but also a bunch of games below six. Uh this was just worst output of the season at the worst time for fantasy purposes. And again, like I think if you look at those those games where he's got like six or less, yeah, you, you see a lot of like five carries, six carries, like I I will never understand Nick Sirianni's hatred for that man. I would like to know the backstory someday. Uh, Random thought number two. It's kind of depressing to start rooting against your own team. It's where I'm at this season. I've never rooted against the Patriots before, but at this point I'm like, God, I just, I actually hope we go seven and 10 because it's more justification to fire Matt Patricia and also we get a better pick. So I'm like, I, I don't want to win games anymore this season. We have the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. So like, there's a legit shot that we actually go 7-10, which I actually gave as a prediction to the certified beef guys before the season. And I, it's just like sad, though. There's just like a, there's a transition point at some point in the season where you've completely talked yourself out of there being any chance of you doing anything in the playoffs. And you're just like, well, okay, we should just lose. And it's happened to me with the Kings before where I'm like, we should just be tanking. Why are we not tanking? Why did we just beat the Celtics by 30? (laughs) What the hell is going on? But I'm there with the Patriots at this point. And I think a lot of people are there with their teams. Carlos sent a text the other day saying, oh man, if the Bears beat the Packers, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah, it's like who thought that a Bears fan would ever say that? Like, I actually do not want to beat the Packers this year. I would love to lose. I actually don't believe that's how he would feel. Uh, I I would almost guarantee that he would be blowing up our, our group chat. <laughs> Just talking shit about the Packers the rest of the day. I'm pretty uh, sure that the first thing that would happen after the game was over is that, that I would look at the group chat and he'd be like, how fucking good is Justin Fields? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Justin Fields for MVP. Franchise quarterback right here. They have, they have five wins, bud. <laughs> yeah, my my advice on this concept is don't do it. Regardless of which way you root like it's not going to change how good or bad your team is how many teams have we seen draft high for years and like that is not 
translating into their team developing and getting better and like saying like oh we got to lose for the draft position it never works and the only way for a team to learn how to win is to win games which is the most asinine thing in the world but it's like statistically proven itself so watch the game root for your team and like enjoy when they do well (laughs) like yes it sucks when they lose but also like the fact that it sucks when they lose is why it's awesome when they win so don't be a shit heel it's very noble of you but i'll be rooting against the patriots for the foreseeable future (laughs) For the reasons that I've outlined previously. That that's just maybe maybe a slight <laughs> a slight exception there. Uh I totally understood why uh Jaguars fans would have felt that way last year. And it probably was the right stance to take because <laughs> you could not afford to uh continue to move forward with Urban Meyer. Uh, just as you cannot continue to move forward with Matt Patricia anywhere on your coaching staff. Yes. But for Bears fans and all that other shit, like, get that weak shit out of here. Final random thought. I just want to say that I am a fan of pettiness. That is, like, funny pettiness. You know, there's there's bad pettiness out there, too, but, like, Fantasy football pettiness is like the just like the peak, like mwah, chef's kiss of pettiness. The best thing from this weekend was that your friend Judd won his fantasy football matchup. Yes. And text the group chat. So we're in, we're in this group chat for the fantasy football league that I'm in with uh, lots of Matt's friends that I know as well. And he screenshotted from the draft <laughs> like 15 weeks ago, maybe even longer, months and months ago. He screenshotted the text where people were making fun of him for taking Christian McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor with the first pick. And he saved it for like 17, 18 weeks, however long it's been. <laughs> and as soon as he won his first round playoff matchup, he like he didn't win the championship, didn't even make the championship yet. He wins the first round playoff matchup and sends the screenshot back to the group chat. Just like A1. Because Christian McCaffrey had a good game. I fucking loved it. It was hilarious. Oh, it's incredible. And it'll be even more funny when Christian McCaffrey just like gets injured on the fifth play of the game next week but like pulls a hammy or something like that the best part of it from like a group chat perspective is that nobody responded yeah (laughs) so he sends the screenshot of the text the little smiley face that's gritting its teeth and then a screenshot of where christian mccaffrey's season rank is because he's like up there really high and just nobody (laughs) says anything and this was like three days ago at this point (laughs) Nobody was just like complete silence, fucking crickets. But I, I just, I loved every second of it. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, 
I was waiting for like Carlos Archie, the two other guys, like in the screen cap, and to say something and radio silence. It was the best part. I was expecting there to be like an argument or like some back yeah. and forth, and just the dead silence just got me. And it's like Christian McCaffrey had a good game for sure, but he only won his fantasy matchup like 106 to 102. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even like he scored that many points. And so just to instantly start talking a ton of shit is absolutely incredible to me. And it'll be probably funnier if he loses this week. Quick update for where we are at. Uh, in the the West League, I lost, unfortunately, Miles Sanders and Devontae Adams and a couple other guys on my team uh, let me down. So the dream of us playing each other in two fantasy championships is dead. Matt had a bye last week, so he he plays the aforementioned shit talker this and week. For good loving God, thank you for having a bye because my team did not do fucking shit. I think I got like 79 points or something like that. Well, that's that's the importance of the buy. You scored 84. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. That's the importance of the buy, though, is that like we joked last week about how it's a momentum killer. Yeah. But it gives you a margin of error because you don't have right. to worry about your team laying an egg and now you get kind of a second chance at it. Yeah. Uh, however, in the East, which hysterically, my team backed its way into a playoff spot at six and eight. Uh, but one based like, and I had to win like tiebreakers and shit. I beat Sean this week, who was the three seed at ten and four. <laughs> Took him down. Uh, and now I'm playing Vince, and you're playing Jake. And if we both win this week, the dream of playing each other in a fantasy championship on the podcast lives. I don't know. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to do something special for that. That'll be its own thing. If we we, we got to get there first, I mean, yeah, you're playing Jake, who was twelve and two and the defending yeah. champion of the league. Uh, I'm playing Vince, who was eleven and three this season. Like out of nowhere, Vince has never won more than like two fantasy games in a season, and now he's eleven and three, and he's got a good team. So unstoppable. I know. So we'll see, but we'll let you guys know next week, and then we'll do something special next week if we are playing each other. And if not, then good luck to you, sir. Thank you. I feel like you're yeah. not the one who's going to let us down. I, I will say I'm. I went ten and four in both leagues, and I honestly don't know how these teams got to ten and four. It, all that matters is that you made it there. Yeah, I mean, you got some good guys though. Like I do, but it's I mean, like it's Burrow, it's, Sa- Burrow, Saint Brown, and Eckler. Like that's already like a in Chubb, right? It's, it's already a good here, start. Here's the thing though: is that like we've hit that point in the season where, uh. Kevin Stefanti's like, hmm, do I still like Nick Chubb? The inevitable point mm-hmm. of every season. No, I'm saying like, at least you have legit starters. I'm debating about if I'm going to play yeah. Zonovan Knight, AJ Dillon, or Isaiah Pacheco this weekend. You know who I'm not playing? <laughs> Miles fucking Sanders. Which, of course, he will put up like 30 points now. He doesn't care about the team. 
I want guys who want to be here, and Miles Sanders does not want to be on my fantasy team. <laughs> but that is it for us. As always, Fouled Out can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. Find our videos on TikTok at Fouled Out Sports Podcast. It's long, but you can't miss it. And you can see uh, four more additional podcasts every month on Patreon for only $3 a month. I dropped one this past weekend of my hottest takes in sports, the hottest takes that I actually believe in. We talked through them. It was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed doing it. Might even be a little bit silly, but it's really, it's worth the listen. It was pretty good. Uh, we'll have another one coming out this weekend. Matt and I still owe you guys like a quarterbacks episode for college football. And there's a bunch of other stuff. We're doing all non-NFL related content on that feed. So go check that out. Matt, you got any final thoughts before we sign off? Uh, this is not the first time I will stand Brett Coleman on this podcast. Uh, his does a very, very good job of breaking down the finer parts of football and displaying them in an entertaining manner and also in a very accessible way. And one of the things that he pointed out is is that TJ Watt is basically using basketball moves as a pass rusher, proving that the only thing stopping NBA players from being able to be high-level football players is that they are soft as shit. That's awesome. But you know what NBA player wasn't soft as shit? Well... I mean, there's a number of them, but Jose Calderon. I yes. did it for you this week. Yeah, you're talking to a Detroit fan, so that could be like 20 years of basketball. Yeah, it's <gasps> fair. But all right, guys, everybody enjoy the college football bowl season. We got another great week of football yeah. coming up, starting with a big Jacksonville versus New York Jets game on Thursday night. I did not think that Jacksonville versus the Jets was going to be this important this late in the season. Uh, that'll be fun along with some of the other games you got on the slate. So yeah, enjoy, have fun. Everybody have a great holiday. We will see you guys after Christmas. All right. Bye guys. Bye, man. Bye, man.